Hello, and welcome to an episode of Out of Character, and this is Jupiter. And today, I want to talk about AP podcasts, AP being actual play podcasts, and what goes into being a cast member and what goes into running one. And today, I have, I was lucky, I found somebody who's been on both sides of the table. They've been a, a cast member, and they've started their own AP podcast. I'm happy to welcome Cobalt. Hello, hello. Yes. Uh, so you have been a player. Yes, so I have. You are a player. Yes. For in, in Low Country Shadows. Yes. And then we're going to talk about the podcast you started later, but let's, let's just talk about Low Country Shadows. How long has Low Country Shadows been running? That's a very good question. I was not there in the beginning, so I'm looking up when their first episode released. Might take me a second, I apologize. No, 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 no. don't you worry about it. Yeah, true. <laughs> this is probably something I should have fact-checked myself, but I wanted you. I figured you would know. Yeah, no. Two years? Three years? Four years? Something like that, yeah. The first game that I played with them was... Uh, I know roughly when that was. I'm just looking for the exact episode release date. Uh, was on February 15th, 2018. So we're coming up on two years you of are. me being in it. Of you being uh, which is a little bit surreal. Um, <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We played that session probably about a month before. So we're probably like just a few days away from my two-year anniversary of actually playing an LCS. Yeah, that was episode 46. So... Just scrolling through here. Looks like they've been going since summer of 2017. Okay. Yeah, March 17th, 2017. All right. All right. So they've been going for, they're going to come up on their three years. You've been with them for two years. And had you had not been in a, a podcast as a cast member prior. So how did you get involved with that podcast? Uh, I was looking for a game and I actually went to the Shadowcasters Network looking for group spreadsheet. And I saw that Scott, the GM, was looking for a player to replace someone who had just left. And the idea of playing in an actual play appealed to me. So I just messaged him and I said, hey, is that, you know, because that was a like a month, that posting was in itself a month old. So I said, hey, is that still, you know, mm-hmm. active? And he said, yes, I'd forgotten that he even posted about it. So <laughs> kind of <laughs> lucky on my part. And then it's just been, you know, playing ever since. Huh. So. You, I'm going to assume that you have played in home games and other online games. How is it playing in an AP podcast? How is it different being a player in that versus playing in a home game or any other casual online game? Or is there even a dis- difference to you? There is a difference, but it's not a very large one. So when I play in home games, and I frequently run home games, I don't play as often as I want to. I play to win. I play to, you know, beat the monster, save the day, get the treasure. Whatever system it is, whatever the quote-unquote win condition is, I I play that way. But the AP podcast, playing in it, was an interesting shift from that because I kind of consciously, unconsciously was like, all right, well, people are going to be listening to this. Let's make it interesting. Let's not just make it a numbers-crunching game. Yes, I... uh... Uh, when I got involved in the Without a Net Shadowrun saga, it was it, it just naturally to me seemed 
this is about the people listening. So you do kind of play a little different, not that you're trying to guess what the listeners want, but you are trying to make sure you're always moving the story forward and you're not always making the best decisions, but you're making the most entertaining ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's true. Okay. What's been your biggest struggle as a player with other cast members? Uh, As a player, honestly, like speaking up and because I, don't like interrupting people so speaking up and like interjecting my character and you know things of that nature i mean we're very lucky at lcs and in blood golden chrome to uh which we'll talk about later to have you know great cast members we all get along great you know we we talk like about stuff outside the game and the discord servers that we have set up you know Mm -hmm. scott came out this way for a work event and like we grabbed lunch same with the person who plays Seether. I don't know if he wants his first name out there, so I won't say it. No. But we grabbed dinner after I had work. He was in town for a conference. So, oh. um, you know, just it really is like we're all friends. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, don't get me wrong on, on, on ours as well. We're, we're all pretty good. But that doesn't mean like like you said, it, it's sometimes a struggle to get your to find your spotlight and to, to make sure you're getting your moment, I guess, in the story yeah, as well. Yeah. And it is hardest because how many uh, players are in low country shadows? Uh, it fluctuates um, mm-hmm. currently four, which makes it a bit easier. Cause mm-hmm. I find once you get like five, it becomes, it, yes. it's hard to keep track of. People are easily kind of forgotten. Yeah, there is that that magic number is is the four five spot. And if you have six, forget about it. You're never yeah, you're never going to get to everybody. Yeah, um, the first the first D and D game that I played was ten people, and that was <laughs> that was fun. It was chaotic. It would not have made a good AP. It would have no. been so incoherent. And that group um, had two GMs, so that was kind of fun. Oh, that no, that is neat. So then let's let's move into you're you're a player on Low Country Shadows. You're liking it. You're doing your thing, and you get it in your head one day to start your own. Yes. What? A, what? Tell me about that. So I had actually had one, technically two, before Shadowrun APs. One of which, the first one was Valley of the Shadow, which I have made sure is completely scrubbed from the internet and walked off face <laughs> the planet. Um, because Anybody, it wasn't. If not- you have a copy of download of that, just keep it to yourself. Don't. Share yes. That with yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was. I was not prepared <laughs> to run it. It was not very good to listen to. It was not entertaining. It was a fun game, but not entertaining to listen to. And then I tried to do a... I forget what I called this one. I only ever released one episode. But one set in St. Petersburg, Russia. And that just kind of fell apart due to scheduling and stuff. That one was more entertaining, but it was... Yeah, real life gets the way. But anyway, yeah. I probably took a break for a year and a half before starting up Blood Gold and Chrome again. I just moved into my own place. I you know, when I started when I started the first AP, I was a junior in college, living at home, but just, you know, last year I got my own place and so I could record really whenever I wanted. Gave a lot more freedom in that regard. Mhm. So you decided, you know, you you had a couple false starts and you you know, you decided to bring in you're going to you're going to do Blood Gold and Chrome. Now this yes. this podcast, this AP is set in in the air in arizona it's in the southwest correct yes phoenix arizona which is my hometown i know it very well sometimes i get a little hung up on what exact street 
intersections places are on because I drive around <laughs> that area. I should probably just, you know, say it's in this area of the city as opposed to trying to narrow it down. But yeah, and I and I chose Phoenix not only because I live there and I know the valley, but because I had had in my head long before I had even my first AP, I wanted to do a campaign that was a cyberpunk western. Basically Firefly without the spaceships and with okay. more cybernetics and uh shadowrun i think is a good avenue for that so it, it is yeah but, but shadowrun doesn't have is is there a lot of source material for phoenix or are you just building your own lore as you go there are bits and pieces so i have this in a setting document that i have somewhere sitting on my computer but i have all of the canon material on phoenix and then all the material that i've created on it and separating those two so what we know about phoenix canonically in shadowrun is that it's the until the Pueblo Corporate Council annexed LA, it was the largest city in the Pueblo Corporate Council, and that it's kind of the seat of power of the Koshari Crime Syndicate, which is Pueblo's homegrown Amarind Mafia. It's also like the largest manufacturing hub in the Pueblo, and it's the headquarters of the very aptly named Phoenix Biotechnologies, which was bequeathed, uh, I want to say, a million new yen in Dunkelzon's will for, I don't remember what, but, um, and, and that's all we know. And then if you look at Phoenix Biotechnology specifically, it's, there's a lot of disagreement in canon about who owns it. One thing will say the Pueblo Corporate Council owns it. Another one will say that, uh, I want to say Manobi International, which is a Japanicorp AA, uh, owns it. So I decided that I'm going to consolidate those two and say that they both have equal shares. That's how I consolidated the canon disagreement. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you you have your you have your setting. You have yes. your you have your system. Now you need now you need to find players, cast members, not just players. Yes. Cast yes. Members yeah. That are actually going to work well together and be able to play. So would you? Which, how did you find them? So I found them from a variety of sources. Jesus, who plays Chewie in Blood, Golden Chrome, of course, is from Low Country Shadows. He plays Sugar in that. Joe, played by Nathan. I know Nathan in real life. I went to high school with him. So that was that was a pretty easy buy-in. I'm looking at my server right now. I'm looking at the cast members. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you just forget all your cast members? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> Arnand, played by Omni. I got Omni through, he had been posting in the Shadowcasters Network looking for a game, and uh, I just reached out to him and said, hey, I'm doing this actual play. I think we just had someone leave at that point. And I said, I have a slot open. Do you want to join in? And he said, sure. Mm-hmm. So we got him, Ronan, played by Mark, who hasn't appeared in the AP yet. He joined in again through, he was posting in the Shadowcasters Network, asking if people had any games, and I said, as a matter of fact, yes. And then LED, uh, the Technomancer in my game, um, this is actually going to surprise some people, but I actually found him through a LFG thread on TG, which is 4chan's uh, traditional games board. Wow. Which is possibly the least toxic board on the entire site. It's actually readable. <laughs> oh, wow. It, but yeah, that that might surprise some people, but and so you just kind of handpicked people, kind of had a general idea of some of them, some you knew very well, and you just put them together. Yeah, pretty much. Has it worked out? 
Uh, yeah, it's worked out great. I mean, if you listen to it, we don't have much with Arnond out now, but I mean, Arnond and LED, they just riff on each other all the time. It's great. Great chemistry between the characters and the players. I feel like, because one thing that can happen in RPGs is you have like two characters who relationship like overshines the entire thing. And that really isn't the case in Blood, Gold, and Chrome as of yet. Every every character has like unique relationship to every other character and you know different ways of talking to them and stuff like that. So, all right, so you've, you've got your setting, you've got your system, you've got your players. Now you need your campaign, your story. Yes. How much do you direct and how much do you just let them play in a sandbox and see what happens? So, you know, the, the railroad metaphor is overused, so I'm going to use a different metaphor. And that is the difference between rockets and missiles and GMing as it relates to that. So missiles technically are you know laser guided they course correct and all that and they hit their target and they blow up whereas rockets are you kind of aim it in a general direction you make it launch and then it kind of goes wherever it wants to go so i'm more of the rocket category where i point them in a direction that i want them to go and generally they go in that direction but they take their own paths and i like that because it you know it's deviation it's unpredictability it's interesting they certainly made a lot of choices that I would not make and that I would never think of making. And honestly, frequently, the choices that they make are a lot more interesting than the paths that I thought they would take. And that's just with runs. With story, what's released so far, there isn't a whole lot of story as far as like an overarching plot. I like to have runners have a lot of, well, not a lot of, but a few runs under their belt before the real plot starts because I like the Shadowrun plots that are like a controlled collapse, the kind of story where everything's going wrong and the runners are either trying to stop it or delay it. And so it's good for the players and the characters to have strong relationships with each other before that kind of story begins to unfold. No, that that makes that makes sense. That's a I think that's a good plan. I know with well, you have uh you said you have omni color in your podcast right yes yeah and it's it's weird this is such a weird little community but i guess podcast birth podcast and omni is actually working on one now as well yes yeah so what do you hope he's learned by being a player in yours like what what have you done to help him be ready to put forth his own podcast like did you did you give him any advice? Have you worked with him at all, or do you think he just was just a blur, uh, observing and learning? I think he was just observing and learning. I didn't know about it until it was already in progress. Yeah, he like mentioned it offhandedly, and I was like, wait, what? But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't view myself as like a terrific GM or terrific showrunner or anything. So I guess if he has learned anything from what I've done, I, I mean, I'd hope it would just be. I mean, if you just show up and record and either run a game or plan a game and, you know, edit it and release it, I mean, people listen to it. The Shadowrun community is gluttonous for content. I mean, like, how many APs are there just with the Shadowcasters network? There's, I can think of five off the top of my head, and all of them have, like, a legion of devoted fans, so. Yes, Yes, and some of them have been going for years and years. Yes, yeah. Yes. It is it is a very uh, driven fan base. They they always want more. I know uh, when Without a Net uh, ended the Shadowrun, we had several people that were like, "Well, I'm not listening 
anymore. You stopped with Shadowrun. Yeah. <laughs> they are a driven, devoted fan base. Like, that's what they want. And I'm like, okay, well, lucky for you, somebody's always putting out another AP. Yes, yeah. But, as we both know, not all APs are created equal. Yeah. Some people put out some bad stuff. Some people put out some great stuff. So, you want to tell me what you think are your uh, do's and don'ts when you're going to do an AP podcast for anybody that's sitting there with that itch in the back of their brain thinking they're going to do this? Yeah, so these are going to come across as more general jamming tips, but, you know, they work. Well, this first one is more specific to APs than jamming in general, which is focus on story over mechanics because people are listening to it for the interesting story. Now, if you're playing a home game, you know, there are people that play for the story. There are people that play for the, you know, tactical combat. There's all those sorts of things. But in an AP, the story is more important than the mechanics. So that would be the first do, I would say. No, that's that's one I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah. You have to definitely make sure you're putting a story before before the mechanics because sometimes especially with Shadowrun the mechanics kind of get in the way of the really cool things that you can do. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like go, we go as an example of that, we just had a run where I mean, the demolition rules came up and it got to the point mm-hmm. where we were trying to figure it out for probably about 45 minutes and we could only record for about two and a half hours that day and we were like okay let's just (laughs) let's just like ballpark it and call it good because (laughs) figuring this out specifically is taking way too long yeah it's gonna it's just gonna chew up your recording time and then you know your two and a half hours is now just an hour probably of really good in character content and that right yeah yeah i would also say you know let your players do weird things and by weird things i mean like oh gosh i don't really want to spoil an episode that hasn't come out yet but i kind of have to there was a i'm gonna leave this as generically as possible they were hired to go to a place and steal a thing Mm -hmm. and there was one way that i thought they were going to do it which is going to be very straightforward and kind of boring but they ended up parachuting into the place which if you haven't actually looked at the parachuting rules and mm-hmm. stuff, they're actually pretty interesting. So that was a lot of fun, and it was like a very exciting... Uh, it felt like an action movie, honestly, just because of the specific circumstance. So yeah, let, let them do weird things. Don't let them figure stuff out. Don't try to push them in any direction. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties into being flexible, which is the next thing that I have written down. Uh, and the most important one, and this is the most important one for GMing even, is be consistent with rulings because people will notice if you rule something differently two different times. And that creates the illusion that you don't know what you're doing. And GMing is the art of looking like you know what you're doing. No, that's that's a good one. You have to be you have to have consistency in how you're doing things. And your listeners will call you out if, if yes. something's incorrect. Yes. I know for the Call of Cthulhu campaign I'm running now. For without a net, the cast chose 1920s. I'm a terrible historian, <laughs> and my cast sometimes forgets that they chose 1920s. And I've had some listeners kind of go, you know, that wasn't. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. You need to make sure if you're going to do a weird setting or something different, you have to make sure you remain consistent because you will be called out on it. Yes. What do you think the biggest mistakes some podcasts make? There are a few. I think one of the largest mistakes that a podcast can make is personnel choices, if I can put it so coldly. 
because there are some people who I am confident are terrific to play with and, you know, really fun, really, really, really difficult to listen to uh, as a audience member. <laughs> and I'm not really even thinking of anyone specific when I say that. So I'm not, no, you no, know, you can see I'm not, me. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm not sub, uh, well, the Twitter term for it would be subtweeting, but I don't know what the speaking term for it is. Um, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. Yeah. But I would say that's probably one of the biggest ones. And that can be really, really difficult to judge until, you know, content is released. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been wanting to expand out of Shadowrun for a bit, and I recorded some of a Dark Heresy campaign. And in editing it, I was, like, halfway through editing the first episode, and I was like, this is not going to work. This is... It was it was fun to play, and it wasn't really obvious while we were playing that it was going to be not a good... Because... Playing a game and making a essentially a show, an entertainment thing for other people that are not participating in the game are very different experiences. So something can be fun to play, but not fun to listen to. And I'm sure vice versa. I'm sure that there are some really fun APs out there that the players were having an awful time. Um, (laughs) Although that'll be a bit more difficult, I would think. (laughs) But no, that that's a really good point. You you know you. It's an AP podcast. Usually there's no visual component. It's all just, you know, audio. And you you never know that listener could hear just somebody's tone of voice or cadence, or maybe there's just a habit they have that just strikes the listener and just puts them off. So it, it is it is hard to to make sure you find that balance. But at the same time, you, you do realize you're never going to please everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, try. that's another thing that's difficult, is when you try to please everybody, you please nobody. There's a reason that's a cliche. Like, in making Blood, Golden Chrome a cyberpunk western, I know that there are people that don't like westerns, they don't really like the stories. I love the stories. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that, that, that my podcast isn't going to be for them. And there are some people that you know are ambivalent towards westerns, and I would hope that they would at least find Blood, Golden Chrome's premise interestingly enough, interesting enough to listen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't try to water down my game to try to get the people that already wouldn't want to listen to it, because I'm never going to, quote unquote, win them over. I make it sound like there's some grand debate or something, but <laughs> no, it's just you know everybody has their their likes and and dislikes, and what one person may love, somebody else is going to go. How can you possibly listen to that? It's awful. Right. Yeah. So I, I know I've I've listened to uh, Bamps talk about AP podcasts, and he said when he was going to start without a net, that he's like I'm I'm going to do everything that I'm going to take every all the AP podcasts that I've ever listened to. I'm going to take all the things I hate about all of them, which this is Bamps, so you know that's a lot. And I can probably has an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's too much work. He's like, I'm going to take all those things that I don't like that they do, and then I'm going to make sure I never do them in mine. So I guess it's, you know, right or wrong, because maybe somebody else liked those things, but right or wrong, he he did it and he's putting out something that he really likes and enjoys and is proud of. So I guess it's really as long as, I think if the listeners know that the group is having fun and they know that they're actually like really dedicated to doing it they'll they'll forgive a lot but th- did you 
Did you like take stuff you've heard from other podcasts and go, you know what? I don't really like what they did there. I don't like that technique or, you know, I'm really going to make sure that my players have mic etiquette because I've just listened to, you know, two hours of this other podcast where I hear them munching on chips and guzzling soda. So, I mean, did you do anything like that? Keep anything in mind? Yes. And again, not because of any specific podcast, just because mm-hmm. of things that I observe generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I was very kind of purposeful to not do was um, force my players into any role that they didn't want to play or any kind of run that they didn't want to do. For, like when I was first starting Blood, Gold, and Chrome, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of like straw polls. I put a straw poll out saying, you know, what kind of runs do you like to do? What kind of runs do you not like to do? You know, how dark do you want it to go how like working for the man versus working for the people do you want this campaign to be you know things like that because it's it's hard to get a player to do something they don't want to do again obvious statement of the millennium but i i feel like you know sometimes the obvious things are the things that you overlook and just it just bears saying and and the way that you solve that is by you know communicating asking questions throwing out ideas you know maybe you say next run i you know not giving too much away but want to do a wet work run i want to you know have an assassination thing how do you guys feel about that and if someone says i don't really like those or i don't know if my character would go along with it okay time to find a new run because like it's not worth you know again you're trying to make a good good story to listen to Mm -hmm. it's it's got to be entertaining and again if if your players aren't having a good time doing it then that picked up by the listeners so yeah if you're not having fun i'm not gonna have fun, yeah so. yeah if the player like in that what example if the player's like oh i don't really like them but it's fine and then you play and they're you know grumbling along like oh, i don't really want to be doing this blah, blah blah whatever that's not entertaining to listen to it's a different story if like the player does want to do it but the character doesn't like if the character's mm-hmm. like ah oh, guys i don't know about this one i mean that that's an entirely different scenario and oh yeah yeah. You know, I don't have yeah. a peek behind the curtain or anything, but I have the impression that that happened a lot in Without a Net. <laughs> <laughs> so, in-character drama is great. Yes. Out-of-character drama is... Is awful. Good. Yes. <laughs> it's not fun. So, if, you're, if your players are willing to, like, explore the drama in-character, you can do some pretty entertaining things. To your point, without an ad, I'm not quite sure what which exactly you're referring to, but the end of it was one player and character wanted to eliminate an NPC, <laughs> and nobody was going along with it. Player-wise, character-wise, everybody's like, I'm out. I'm not doing that. And yeah. I, 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 being that player and character, like really pushed hard, but nobody was bending. And I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. <laughs> And it did get a little tense, and we would always do uh, check-ins at the end. Like, you guys know that was just in character. I love you. Everything's good. (laughs) Yeah. And that's important because if if it does get tense, you really don't want to cause any divides between your players. Right. Um, Yeah, definitely. You want to keep them as happy families. Yeah, it's like actors, you know. They can be playing characters that hate each other's guts and then, you know... But outside of the stage or outside in front of the camera, they're, you know, best friends. Yes. 
And it is important for your cast members to remember that you are putting forth an entertainment product. Everything that you do in character is only in character. This is not a thing between people. (laughs) This is all make-believe. I don't think I've heard many stories of podcasts that dissolve due to cast member infighting or anything like that. I've never heard any stories, and believe me, I'm sure I would have by now heard something. But it's pretty amazing that you just picked people and they worked. It worked. And it's working because you're still recording. You're still releasing. You're still doing stuff with Blood, Gold, and Chrome. And and that's pretty amazing. So what do you think? So without Annette, when we um, lost Valerie... We had we wanted to replace the player, and we decided to hold audition an audition where we um, had several people that wanted to do it, play a one shot game, and we kind of watched how they interacted, how did they build their character, how did they move the story along, what decisions did they make? Would you ever do an audition to replace a player, or would you just pick someone again? If I had the time, I would definitely do an audition. But timing, as you know, it's one of the most limited resources that we have. Uh, yeah. So I kind of pride myself on being a very good judge of character, especially as it comes to RPGs and stuff, because, I mean, I have two specific horror stories that I'm not going to share. They were not uh, Shadowrun. Why were you <laughs> I have two um, specific horror stories I won't share. I can't believe you. Okay, well, I'll share one of them. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is like a horror story. Yeah, yeah. This, this is this is when like the only game I played was Pathfinder, and now Bamps is going to come put my head on a stake. But I was, I just put like a flyer up at the local gaming shop, saying looking for players for you know Pathfinder. I basically took you know whoever I could get, and that was a mistake. And I really really hate to stereotype people, but you know like the stereotypical like Uber weeb. That was that was one of the people that responded, and I was like, okay, whatever. And they were just like really creepy, like hitting on like the only woman player in the game who was a lesbian. After being, you know, told, "Hey, uh, I'm a lesbian," persisted, and that I mean, lots more details that are just kind of unpleasant. That was kind of a moment where I was like, hey, I really have to like pay attention to people. I really have to get a good feel for them. And there are some people that, in looking for players for Blood Gold and Chromite turned away just because I was like, you know what, I can see already that this is not like, they're not awful people, but it's not going to work out. Oh, that's that's really good that you were able to pick that out. Yeah. Um, Bamps actually picked people for without a net, so yeah. with the exception of holding our additions, the, the original cast was all just picked. Some he had played with before in home games, some he had played with on his Shadow Walking series, me, I was just that rando fan girl that he found, and <laughs> and then another person was a person he played uh, with on the hub, and then the last one was he didn't really even know them. Another player vouched for them, and he said okay, and it worked for the most part. It worked. So I guess there's many different ways to to build your cast, but I think what's important is when they come together that they do gel. Yes. Yeah. And without a net, we did 15, 20 hours of prologue, all like prior stuff to becoming Shadowrunner. So we had that time for the cast to kind of come together and gel. Did you do anything like that with Blood, Gold, and Chrome? Or? I did the classic, you've all been contacted by your fixer, and he has a job for you. 
<laughs> so you just threw them in day one and said, make it work, guys. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. And fortunately, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. They're mm. afraid of you. <laughs> I hope not. Um, but yeah, there's been some recording of like side episodes for like, I'm a big fan of when podcasts do like side episodes for like initiations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we've done some stuff like that. One player has been absent for a run. So I am trying to arrange something where we can record what his character was doing. Meanwhile, I don't know whether that's going to be like full episodes or just like little vignettes or something. I don't know. So, so you're, I, I know we, we always did a lot of downtime runs or downtime episodes. We, it wasn't just, you know, heist of the week. You guys delve into that slice of life side stuff a bit more now as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there anything that you really would like to explore with any of your characters that you're hoping that they'll, they'll want to? Like, is, is there a story arc that you're like, oh, there's an opportunity here. I really want to go down this path or I hope eventually I can explore this topic. Yeah. So one of the uh, kind of major tropes of the Western and I've got cyber Western, so I have to, mm -hmm. is the bad guys doing the right thing, but not becoming good guys. Yes. Like you see that in a lot of Clint Eastwood movies where mm -hmm. Clint Eastwood is playing a awful person. Like I think it's a fistful of dollars where I think they actually reference this in the Mandalorian to kind of call back to a more recent thing where Clint Eastwood is playing a nameless gun for hire and he comes to a town and they say, we only have a few dollars, but can you help us get rid of these gangsters that have taken over our town? And mm -hmm. we've already established, you know, through the narrative of the movie that he's not a good person. And he just kind of says, Sure. You know what? Keep your money. Or at least that's how I recall the movie. Yeah. might be incorrect. But the characters in Blood, Gold, and Chrome, and I kind of directed this a little bit, the hooding side of Shadowrun, I respect it. <laughs> but I don't like running it. I like mm -hmm. the idea of playing a group of criminals as opposed to a bunch of vigilantes for hire. Yeah. And, you know, controversial statement of the decade. Uh, <laughs> Criminals are generally not good people, especially when they're shooting people and robbing ruining places lives. and e ruining lives. Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty of Robin Hood types in real life, too. But, you know, by and large, criminals ruin lives and they're not good people. <laughs> and I think that not good people make for a more realistic characters and b more interesting characters. I could not agree more. And I have plans for future episodes, and that is a topic that we will delve into, and I will go to the mat and fight anybody that wants to defend <laughs> yes, like white hat syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, an example is I've had this idea for a very long time to play a Shadowrunner who is a Eastern Orthodox priest. And being Eastern Orthodox myself, not to get too into real life, I've been really struggling to like find a way to make that work because, you know, I respect priests. Mm -hmm. I find it hard to like, I would have to find a white hat game for that. But since I don't like playing white hat games, <laughs> that's a bit yeah. difficult. <laughs> well, so I mean, after, after we get rid of Craig, let me tell you some stories about some religious leaders. <laughs> and maybe uh, then yeah, you can well, find yeah, yeah. the criminal element you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. There, <laughs> yeah. There are definitely, I'm not saying that, you know, it's all perfect people, but yeah. 
So when you had your cast members come together for Blood Golden Chrome and they made their characters, did any of them make a character and you just went, no, like, just no, you've got to start again or you need to change this. Like, we can't have that. Was there anything you like rejected? There was an element of a character that I rejected. (gasps) Well, I don't even remember specifics now, but it was an element of LED's character. And it wasn't, you know, anything like, oh, I won't have this. This is terrible. It was just <laughs> like a, I don't know how I'm going to like GM for this oh, um, okay. thing. So, I mean, I, I just told LED's player that and he was like, okay, sure, I'll change it. And again, okay. commu- like, it's always better to communicate those sort of things as opposed to like passive aggressively doing it in game. Because or, then it, uh, even worse, being a GM and accepting it and then going, I don't know how to do I don't know how to right. run yeah. it. What do I do now? Like, you just put yourself in a hole. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, then you get to the point where that becomes like a real world angst. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, we play games to have fun. Why would yeah. we want that? I think I may have broke Omnicolor as the jam for the other one. I made, I made a horrible, horrible person for that game. <laughs> I gave him the sheet and I was like, are you, are you okay with it? He's like, yep, sure, whatever you want to play. And then, you know, cut to three months later, he's like, this game is really dark. (laughs) I told you. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to be this dark. (laughs) Like, well, we are playing Shadowrun. Yeah. So what do you love most about running your podcast? What I love most about running my podcast is the oddball things that happen because... Again, my my players have fantastic, fantastic chemistry. So pretty much all I have to do is set the scene and then respond to whatever they do. I don't have to prompt. I don't have to heavily hint at something. I just have to set the scene and they do something, whether that is, you know, interacting with the environment or bantering with each other. I mean, again, LED and Arnand have some of the best banter in any AP. Sorry, I have to show my personal bias. No, no, no. You uh, it, it's, credit if it's due. It's super fun to just like <laughs> mute my microphone and listen and then occasionally laugh while muted. But yeah, it it's just really fun when you set up a run or a scenario and then you start the players at square one and they either, you know, follow it greatly and it's a great, you know, finely honed machine or when they take that machine and completely use it, not the intended purpose, but a better purpose. Mm-hmm. That oh, is yeah. both in GMing and running an AP. One of the most fulfilling things is seeing players use the thing that you've created creatively. It's like mm-hmm. double creativity. It's really cool. No, that those are our special moments when your players just do something that's just creative or fantastic problem solving or highly dramatic or just something completely unexpected. And you're just like, ah, even, even since you've been sitting in this game the whole time, even you didn't see this coming. Yeah. There, there've been moments in blood gold and Chrome where I've just been floored. I'm like, I don't, I have to take five minutes. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what we're doing here, (laughs) but yeah, those are great. Those are always some of the most fun parts of any game. Mm-hmm. So what's the least fun? Editing. Oh my gosh, right? Now, so I ask you these because I, you know, we'll, we'll pull the curtain back a bit. 
this is my first recording for my new podcast. Uh Robot was nice enough to be the first one to do it with me. And I don't know what order they'll be released, but now you all know that this was the first one. So if it's bad and you're like, wow, they were, the others were good. And then this one's terrible. It was me. Trust me, not (laughs) Cobalt. But it was, it's, it's the editing that seems so incredibly daunting. And I have an entire episode dedicated to editing and how to do it for everybody that wants to figure that out. So we'll, again, we'll figure out when that gets released. But and I'll be looking seem, forward to that one. Yeah, it seems really like I don't know what to do. Like, especially with an AP, how much do I cut out the rules? How much do I cut out the rolling? How much do I just leave the story? What's the perfect balance? And have you found it? Uh, I have not really found it, which is part of why it's been four months since we've released an episode that plus real life things. <laughs> yeah. Real life is the worst part of anything. (laughs) But I haven't found that balance. And I'm actually looking at putting together a kind of intermittent Star Wars Edge of the Empire AP, which is just going to be truncate silence, which is a thing that Audacity can do where it just removes Mm -hmm. long pauses. Mm -hmm. That's all the editing is going to be because that's about the limit of my actual editing skills <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna learn um, more in that other episode <laughs> yes that's true but that and it just kind of having a more casual ap i mm-hmm. guess part of is that is because be... go on part of that is because the star wars fantasy flight games are mm-hmm. so unique mechanically that i do kind of want to pull back the curtain on like the dice and all that i i can understand so the other side of that is People come and listen. Are they going to be listening as if they were sitting at the table, not playing, but they're watching a table game be played? So is is that going to be entertaining or no? Like, what if one of your players decides to go on a rant about politics in the middle of the game? Oh, I'll you're cut saying, that. Oh, I'll cut that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so, going to do so, more than truncate. Okay. <laughs> truncate, silence, and eliminate things that are <laughs> not, not, not game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But my, my players do a good job of staying on yeah. topic with the game. No, that's great. If the longer they can stay in character when they're playing, the better it is. But yes. oh, when they go out of character and just start rambling, it's like, stop. Yeah. Even as a cast member, I'd be like, stop. <laughs> just, just get back into it. But no, editing is, is one of those things incredibly, it seems daunting. And I wonder if there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I have this great idea, but I don't know. I don't know how to edit and I can't afford anybody to edit. So we're going to explore that, see what happens. Do you have anything to ask me? Did I not touch on something you'd like to talk about? Uh, No. No? Nope. Where can they find Blood, Gold, and Chrome? Uh, You can find it at Podbean, and I need to do a better job of getting it other places, but you can get it on Podbean. If you go to the... Action Economy, which is my overarching brand, I guess you could say, where I'm going to be putting all of my other podcasts if they ever exist. We have a Discord. It's not very active, but we have one. And there you can find the uh, URL for podcatchers. So if you want to add it to a different podcatcher, you can find it there. Obviously, I don't know it off the top of my head because it's just a string of... No, no, no. When I um, when we post this in the description, I'll include links. Awesome. I'll, cool. I'll get links from you and for the Discord and for the... I mean, for, for Podbean, they just, yeah, we'll get a link for Podbean and we'll get a link for Action Economy and we'll get those included in. And then we can uh, make sure people can find Blood, Gold, and Chrome. But now that means you got to start producing content. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
which I think is great. I do know some, I know a couple of your cast members. Yes. And they're wonderful. Yeah, um, they really are. They're they're great. They're creative. They're fantastic role players. Yes. Omnicolor, I don't know. Does he do the accents and, and voices in, in your game in Blood Golden Chrome, or does he just do his own? Uh not so much. He mostly does his own. Well, so I have him as the GM and he does great voices. So if you ever need somebody to do a be a contact for another player, have him have him do it. Make your players do that work. Why are you doing it? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just I'll just get Craig in there and let them do their thing. Yeah. Oh, I did that once with a um uh with a, a game. The contact was a, an Irish dwarf. I'm like, I don't I can't do an Irish accent. And another player piped up and I said, Well, you win. You're up. Play the contact. Go. And I just got to sit back. It was the best thing ever. Lazy GMing is the best thing BAMPS ever taught me. And I love it. So, yes. Yeah. It's pretty great because you can never, if you try to prepare, your players are just going to go on a weird turn and there's no point in everything you just did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thank you for being here. We're going to, like I said, let everybody know how to find Blood Golden Chrome and Low Country Shadows. Yes. As we said yeah. earlier. The Shadowrun community is hungry for content, so you're giving them two. So that's good. Let's hope they they check it out and enjoy it. And if anybody has any questions, follow-up questions for Cobalt, you can find him on the Without a Net server, or you can, I'm sure he would love it if you joined his Discord server and asked your questions there. And I'm sure you'd be willing to answer anybody's questions as they listen to the podcast or... Want to discuss yes, episodes, yeah. right? Questions and you know discussion is always fun. Yes, it is. It's been one of the things I enjoy is the listeners discussing the episodes and like their interpretation of what happened. And then for me, like the episodes were released three, four months later, and I don't remember the episode. And so then they're like, "Oh my gosh, you said this," and I'm like, "I said what? That doesn't even sound like me." But I did. I did say it. So <laughs> I was like, "Uh oh." So yes, again, we will put in the description so they can find you. Again, thank you very much for coming on and talking to me about AP Podcasts. And I have a feeling I might have you on some other upcoming episodes, especially since you brought up hooding. Yes. (laughs) The great hooding debate of 2020. Right? It will be, believe me. (laughs) 